On this week's episode of Cultivating Her Space. Don't compare. Understand your reasons for being in the relationship that you're in, and especially for being married, because that's a different level of commitment. And then also be aware of who you are and what you bring to the table as far as emotionally and maturity-wise, and same for your partner. Today's episode is sure to provide you with motivation, inspiration, or a fresh perspective. If you have any aha moments or appreciate anything from this episode, please leave us a review to let us know we're on the right track. Also, we release episodes every Friday, so be sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit cultivatingherspace.com to access our exclusive after show and other bonus content from the Patreon tab. Welcome to Cultivating Her Space, a podcast dedicated to uplifting women like you. We're your hosts, Dr. Dominique Broussard, a college professor and psychologist, and Terry Lomax, a techie and motivational speaker. In a world where Black women are often misrepresented and misunderstood, please join us as we initiate authentic conversations on everything from fibroids to fake friends and create a safe space where Black women can just be. Hey, lady, it's Dr. Dom here from the Cultivating Her Space podcast. Are you currently a resident of the state of California? and contemplating starting your therapy journey? Well, if so, please reach out to me at drdominiquebroussard.com. That's D-R-D-O-M-I-N-I-Q-U-E-B-R-O-U-S-S-A-R-D.com to schedule a free 15-minute consultation. I look forward to hearing from you. All right, ladies, today we have a very special guest in Cultivating Her Space. I'm super excited for this guest for selfish reasons, and you'll learn why in just a bit. Cody Elaine Oliver is CEO and co-founder of Black Love, Inc., a fast-growing media company comprised of the Black Love Plus app, blacklove.com, Black Love's social and digital platforms, and live and virtual events, including the annual Black Love Summit. She's also the director and co-creator of the groundbreaking four-time NAACP Image Awards-nominated docuseries, Black Love, which premiered as the most viewed unscripted series in Owns history. Okay, Cody, welcome to Cultivating Her Space. Thank you. Hi, how are you? We are so good. We are so excited for this conversation. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. I'm ready then, too. So we are going to jump right in with our quote of the day. And Cody, this quote will sound familiar to you because these are your words. So we've been watching the series. We've been in your social media, watching interviews. And we felt that this quote just encapsulated a lot of the conversation that we're going to have today. So our quote of the day, do what works for you and stop worrying about everyone else. So we will say that one more time for the people in the back. Do what works for you and stop worrying about everyone else. Cody, when you hear that quote, so we, we took that quote from one of your interviews. When you hear that quote and think about the work that you do, 
what what comes up for you? First, I was like, when did I say this? Not that it's like that far fetched at all, but I was trying to recall. I was like, did they? Was it an Instagram post? What came up for me, I think, was. The reality, a couple of things. I mean, I would say the reality that this Black love thing, the show, the brand was really born out of me. And if I look back at so many different aspects of my life, it's obvious what was coming. (laughs) But in those moments, it wasn't. And that is the testament to like doing what works for you is that like the little things, the little nuggets along the way were all the things that worked for me that culminated in this use of both of my degrees and every internship I ever had and every conversation, you know, about relationships I ever had. And, and so here we are. And then the other thing that it made me think of was the journey to the show, which was when we were shooting it and we were, when we were thinking we were making a documentary and we were going the traditional documentary route of, of shooting content, raising money for a film, feature, feature doc, getting grants. There were just so many people that didn't get it, mostly white people. And not to say, yeah, I mean, there were just so many people, traditional filmmakers that kind of looked at us like, okay, that's what you want to do. <laughs> and so that's what it made me think of is really doing what works for me. I'm so glad you pointed out that the small steps and the journey matters because sometimes we overlook that and we're like, the destination, the destination. But it's like, wait, everything, those breadcrumbs lead to that. And then white folk and how this is the most viewed, come on now, unscripted series on OWN. And these white folk are like, oh, because it doesn't relate to them, right? They're not the the target. Oh my goodness. Okay, so can you, Cody, tell us about your origin story because you alluded to some of the things that you've done as far as internships and your degrees. Tell us about your origin story and how Cody Elaine Oliver became the Cody (laughs) Elaine Oliver of today. You know, well, I'll I'll do it, but I'll try to do it sort of in the context of of Black love and and the things I'm doing today, right? So, and some of them I'll go fast because y'all need to know about me being in third grade in, in drama, but I was, I was in theater in third grade. I continued acting through middle school, I think, almost high school. And I played sports as well. And so at a certain point I had to decide between the two because they both take a lot of time. And, but I say that to say, and I decided on sports, which means that I was no longer acting and early enough in life where that was the focus, right? Sports became the focus until I graduated high school. And, and I say that to say that being creative and entertaining people and was always who, who I am and always of interest to me. And so fast forward to, and my parents are both entrepreneurs. One was a doctor, one a lawyer, both with their own practices. And so entrepreneurship, right? was like, oh, maybe that's my path. So when I went to college, I decided to be a business major, specifically like, well, I know I want to be creative. I want to be in a creative space. I want to be a space that's pretty. Like I loved magazines at the time too, and I like fashion. And so I wanted to be a business major because I was like, well, everyone needs business majors. I want to make money. I don't want to be in a creative field struggling. So I was a business major and then I changed my major a year later to broadcast journalism. And so, so take broadcast journalism, right? It's news, it's being on camera, it's figuring out how to do interviews and take a lot of information and distill it down to what people want to know 
And fast forward again (laughs) to when I absolutely hated 24 hour news. I hated hard news. I always wanted to be in entertainment news, but I was told get a foundation in hard news and then that can, you know, pave the way. So I, I did that, you know, internships galore, internship at CBS in DC, which was amazing. And I loved it. But there, the person who I worked for was a 30-year veteran anchor, J.C. Hayward, if you know anything about D.C., and Black woman. And so at that point in her career, she could do whatever she wanted. She was doing, I think, 6 o'clock anchor news. But every every Friday, she did like a human interest story. Like she highlighted an impactful person in D.C., usually a person of color. And I worked on those stories with her. So that's what I was doing in broadcast journalism, thinking I'm going to one day be, you know, on E, right? And so fast forward to Fox News, where I worked as an intern, and then I got a job there after I graduated college, and I hated it. It was just dark and an, an unhappy place for me. And I fell in love with movie trailers and movies, of course, and TV, but like that two minute trailer boy was like, how do I do that? you know, stars in my eyes. And I started researching like film school because I didn't know how else to get into that world. I was nowhere near it. I was in DC. I was in journalism and decided to study producing at the Peter Stark producing program in DC. Oh Lord, in LA, because there was producing, which is the business of film, but also directing and writing. There's a little bit of everything. And I was like, I need to learn it all. And so I thought I was going to make, you know, love stories, feature love stories. I wanted to tell universal stories with black characters. And y'all don't want all, like, just tell me when you want me to go back. But fast forward. (laughs) So, I mean, that's what I thought I was going to do. And that's what I was pursuing. You know, I optioned a book. I optioned scripts. I was working on projects. And through two different multiple jobs, right? Through three key jobs one at a studio, one at a film festival, where the film festival was also a nonprofit organization called Film Independent that does year-round labs for filmmakers, and we produced the Independent Spirit Awards. I fell in love with documentaries. Still not thinking I'm going to make a doc, right? This is 2008 and 2009, something like that, 9, 10. And, and nobody, like, those are educational things, right? Like, what, what docs, you know? I'm not a nerd. I mean, you know, this is what I'm thinking. And I just fell in love with them. There were, there were just a few that had a really big impact on me. And so, and at this point, black love is a nugget. Lord, y'all just tell me when you want me to break some stuff down. Cause there's all these different elements, but at this point, black love is a nugget, right? Oh eight, oh nine. Black love is definitely something that I wanted to, I wanted to create a place where black love stories live. But the last thing I was thinking about was a documentary. And so Actually, I thought about it. And then I was like, no, I don't know anything about making documentaries. And and so then I met Tommy and he was a traditional filmmaker. I mean, he studied business, but he made a movie in college, He produced a movie in college. And then he judged a film festival where he met this incredible filmmaker and produced his first feature film called Kenya Rwanda, which was at Sundance. And then Tommy wrote, directed, and produced a feature that was at the Toronto Film Festival. And that's where we met. And I had no idea who he was. Like, the industry's not that big. And I felt like I had been in it enough years where, like, I know all the Black people, especially a young, handsome Black filmmaker who's making feature films at the Toronto Film Festival. So when I met him, it was like, who is this guy? So we meet. 
we very quickly like start dating. Within a week or two, I mentioned this black love idea that I have. And I was like, ah, maybe a documentary. At that point, documentaries were cool-ish. And he's like, yeah, let's do it. You know, and he's a talented cinematographer, a producer. So his job is to encourage people and put them on their journey. And so he was like, let's do it. So fast forward again to now this, this brand, this show that is me using my journalism degree, (laughs) using my film degree, using my love of black people and my curiosity about black relationships or relationships period, but with the narrative of a black marriage crisis and all of these other things that we heard about why we aren't worthy of love, my, my love and curiosity about that part of things, all of that coming to the surface together to make this brand. And so that's what I mean about all the little things. And not to mention, I'll add one more. So my sister's five and a half years older than me. And she went to Hampton when I was 12. And apparently, I don't remember, my memory is trash. But apparently, I used to run around like pointing to couples and being like, black love, black love. When I was like 13 and would visit my sister at school. So, yeah. So apparently, this was just meant to be. Wow. Wow. Look at that. Thank you so much for breaking down your journey, because I think what it highlights for a lot of us is that when it's something that's meant to be, when it's your passion, that Mm -hmm. no matter what other steps you might take along the way, eventually you come back to that thing. Yeah. Or to whatever is meant for you, right? Like it may not, because it's not like I ever said, I have to do this thing. You know, I did eventually, but I, I agree with you. I believe that like what's meant for you is going to like creep up there. It's going to find its way. Right. Mm -hmm. And that in all of us somewhere along the way, early on, there were some little signs, like you were saying, you don't remember, but your sister pointed out, like you're at Hampton, visiting her and pointing out Black love. So it's something that's been in you for a while, right? Mm -hmm. Now, you mentioned working Mm -hmm. with your husband, Tommy. Mm -hmm. And and so what is it like working with your husband? And how do you separate home from business? Because we're always taught you got to have a work-life balance. (laughs) But you work with your life. So how does how how do you separate home from business when working with your husband? It's weird. We're in a weird space now because it's like we don't have to talk about it as much, you know? So early on, that was like a big problem. And there was no separation. We didn't have kids. Like this was our life, you know? Especially mine because it was my baby. I was very passionate about it. not that he wasn't, but he had his own goals. And so at first it was just this like jumping out the window or jumping off the deep end or whatever, whatever sayings there are. (laughs) And we did have to have multiple conversations. We we didn't have them for far too long, at least two years, at least. I don't think we had them till the show was on the air. And we started, we met in 2013. We did our first interview in 2014, the show premiered in 2017. So I don't think we had a conversation till 2018 at best. So maybe 19. So 
we had conversations, but they weren't like, this is what we're going to do. It was more like somebody was complaining. So what I, what I would say is a, like hands down, any couple who's working together, have those conversations up front. Let's set some rules. Even if we agree, those rules can change, but we regroup and change them, but let's set some rules. I had heard some advice, read something early on that said, if you work with your spouse to have very clear delineated duties. And we did not do that. I read it and still didn't do it. I always felt like we were an exception because we were in film. And what I was reading was like, I don't know, a dry cleaner company or something like that. And so we definitely should have done it earlier. And it wasn't just, oh, let's not talk about business in the bedroom or after a certain hour. It was more so just what parts of the business were my purview and what was his. And we did not have that conversation for so long. And then we finally did. And it's been a lot better since for sure. And there's times where like he's doing something or I'm doing something that the other doesn't necessarily think is the right way to go. And it's like, all right, well, that's your, you know, unless it's super detrimental, like I'm just going to let you see how this goes. And we have to lean into that. And that's been super helpful. I love that. It's like, that's your area of responsibility. If anything happens with that, you know, right. <laughs> like, you got that. We are really enjoying the conversation, Cody, but we do want to shift up the energy and then we'll get back into the into the conversation. So sure. we love the podcast. We believe that, well, one, we, we recognize, appreciate, and celebrate the multifaceted woman. And we believe that it's okay to be bougie and classy and ratchet, and you can still be elegant and dance to strip club music if you so choose. So with that said... Cody, we want to invite, invite you to the OU Blatchett segment. I'm so excited, as you can tell. I can't even get my words out. We want to invite you to the OU Blatchett segment. So, Cody, do you take on the challenge? I guess so. Am I going to be dancing on this on this camera? <laughs> you won't be, but I love that you asked. <laughs> if you so choose, right? If you so choose. I love that you agreed, even though you're like, I don't know what they're about to have me mm-hmm. do. So, we'll, right? tell, we'll give you the inside scoop. So, we're going to ask you three questions we're going to share three sentence completions. And then we have three photos of you pulled up from our social media digging. And we want you to choose one photo. You're going to choose a number between one and three. And then we'll show you that photo. And we want you to give us more context about that okay. photo that we wouldn't know by looking at it. Okay. This, right. Okay. So three, three, and three. That was three different things. Three, three, okay. and three. I'm here for yes. it. <laughs> three, three, and three. So Dom, you want to get started? Yes. So the first question, what's the best piece of wisdom or advice you've ever received? I'm trying to think about ever. I'm really trying to give you something here, but I feel like I am experiencing life in seasons. And I also think that in general, because of seasons, things resonate with you differently in different places in your life. Very much so. Yes. And so I would say, Ooh, I'll give you two. I'll give you two. Most recent. You can have it all, but you can't do it all. Most recent. And then the second one is from a couple that we interviewed prior to the show ever being on. Actually, they're not even in Black Love Doc, as you know it. They're on a show we did called Black Love Untold Stories, which is on our app, the Black Love Plus app. And the couple's named Melissa and Alessandra. They're out of D.C., this man, I mean, because I think they said it afterward, but this was early in our marriage. Maybe we were engaged, but I think we were married. And they said, it doesn't have to make sense. It just has to make peace. 
And that was something as far as like a relationship that was helpful. It don't don't have to make sense to him. He just got to figure out how to create some peace around here. That's a word right there. Okay. Wow. Well, Cody, we're going to transition to this next question. And I just have four words for you, Cody. And the four words are twerk or two-step. What you doing? Oh, oh, oh. I mean, I got a little of both. It just depends on what's playing. Just depends on what's playing. I like that answer. So either or, depending on the vibe, what's playing, I like it. I will give you both. Yes. Okay. All right. Our third question. What is the sexiest item that you own? I was about to say a postpartum woman. I'm not a postpartum woman. I haven't had babies in almost four years. But... This is like, might be a lame answer, but it might be this little brassiere that I really like. Okay, I'm gonna give you a little peekaboo. Boom, boom. See the little lace? I like the lace. Okay, oh, that's, that's my answer. We see it. Come on, yeah, lace, I like, come I like on. to put it up under stuff. Anyway. <laughs> come through lace. I love it. I love it. We've gotten some interesting answers, so there's nothing wrong with that I'm at sure. all. I'm sure. I'm like really trying okay. to Okay. Okay. Oh, we're gonna move on to the sentence completion. And our first sentence completion for you is one question or topic I wished people asked me about more often mm. is there's so many to be honest with you and I, I get I get a little bit of everything but just most of the time it's just about the show which I love the show but because I'm an open book it's like everything else frankly <laughs> you know what I mean I don't know it's got to be my I'm thinking about my friendships I'm thinking about I don't there's so many things that I just like enjoy talking about but people only ask me about like why did you create black love and you know so yeah it's a lot more well, to that's me. that's perfect because our next sentence completion is mm-hmm. the one thing I wish people knew about me oh, that wow. most people wouldn't know is <laughs> the other part is because I'm an open book I feel like everybody knows everything but the one thing that I wish people knew about me I'll tell you okay this is we went from the sexiest item to like depth right so the one thing that I haven't figured out how to share that I wish I could talk about more is that my whole family went to Howard, so my sister. And there was a period of time in 92, it extended, but there was an article that came out in 1992 in Fort Worth Star-Telegram, because I'm from Fort Worth, Texas, that at the time my family had six doctors in Fort Worth, which is pretty significant as like black doctors in one city with like such a legacy, all came through Howard Medical School. And I love it. The article, I love the the experience of it because it speaks to like black excellence in HBCUs and how HBCUs and specifically Howard, you know, have educated our community and contributed to the health and wellness of our community, jobs, generational wealth. And also my son's name is Brooks. That's my maiden name. And my family of doctors is last name is Brooks. And so it's just like, I just want all the excuses to talk about that. <laughs> That's what I got. That's like a whole nother like, book or series. I know, That's right? amazing, right? Okay. Thank you. So the last sentence completion. What I love most about myself is... What I love most about myself is probably my authenticity. 
I just try to be not, I mean, it's not hard, but I try to be me at all times. And when I can't be, when I feel like something's butting up against that, I try to pay attention to that as well, figure out why. Where are you able to be your most authentic self? Probably with my two best friends. I mean, I have more than two, to be honest, but two in particular, I can pretty much say anything to and, and, and say the scary things, say the things that like, you know, I don't want anybody to know. At the end of the day, they gonna know. So that is so beautiful. Yes. I, I love that. Best friends, they are, they are a blessing. Yes. Yeah, I think it's necessary for for us ladies, especially. I think men too, but they just fight against it. I don't know. They really do. It's like I be asking my husband, like, you don't talk to your friends about this? No, we don't say nope. that. I'm like, men. I'm like, okay, y'all, right. we talk about everything as girls, okay? <laughs> so speaking of talking about everything, we have some photos pulled up of you, and so okay. what we want you to do, Cody, is choose a number out of one three or between one and three choose a number and we will show you that particular picture on screen so you can give us more context about the photo that we would know just by looking at the photo we got some fun stuff for it too so okay you, okay. I'm gonna go with two I'm gonna go with two two okay let's see number two oh this is really really sweet okay I think you're gonna like this all right so I'm gonna share the photo Cody give us an overview of what we are looking at because some folks are only going to be tuning into the audio so we want to make okay. sure that they see or at least imagine oh my goodness guys all right so this is a photo of me giving Tommy a smooch and this says it was oh there it is May 13th 2014 so we had met September 9th 2013 and by March 15th, 2014, we were engaged. So this was just a moment. We used to do a lot of selfies like this, where we would just be laying around doing something. I love that it looks, you know, like, I don't know, not a selfie, just a cute moment. Retro, right? It's so cute. Yes. I love it. And so you My know, curls were popping then. Okay. Curls on, do they still say on fleek? Well, if they don't, but you know what I mean? Curls on fleek. I okay. do know. You know? I think you said in the interview, you all were together for six months before you got engaged. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a bit? Of, I know there's like a stigma around that, maybe before online dating, but can you talk a bit about how, right? Like how, what people thought about or what they said as far as feedback? You know the what? There was you? absolutely no negativity at that time. Uh, like for us, for us is what I'm trying to say. My, wow. one of my best friends lived in Dubai at the time. And when Tommy called her to tell her, like to ask, not ask, but to like give her a heads up. She did say, what's the rush? Or why so fast or something like that. And they gonna get mad. They hated each other for like several years. They don't anymore. They love each other now. But it was a problem. But it wasn't anything that she didn't like him. It was just that was her initial instinct was like, why so fast? Outside of that, I can't think of anybody who gave us a hard time about it. That's amazing. That is amazing. Because usually, but then, but to me, that also speaks to what you all exuded as a couple. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And even individually. Because our people yes. knew, like, oh, if she's doing that or if he's doing that, then that's what it then is. It must be. Yep, it it yes. is what it is. Yeah. And so, so Cody, we're going to shift back into asking more questions. And so in Wait, your coverage. Can I do another photo? 
Yes, you can. Yes, you so sure funny. can. We noticed that some folks are like, wait, can I do another one? I'm just going to show you the others too. Let's see. Go to, this is this another photo. Oh, hey. Lovely. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Curls again. Curls just stunting yes. on us. And then we have this one here. I knew it was going to be one of these. <laughs> that is funny. This is so cute. <laughs> That so anything you want to tell us about either of these photos and feel okay. free to describe. I'll consider. tell you about this one. This one? Okay. So this, this is a photo in this. Okay. During the pandemic, when I didn't know that it was going to be a hundred years long, I bought a handful of clothes, like kind of a lot at first. I discovered Farm Rio. I just was buying clothes that I really loved. And this photo, I'll describe the photo and then I'll explain the dress, is a this pink dress that I bought, deep V-neck, high leg slit up against this really cutesy, like light pink and white wall. I decided, when was this? January 2nd of this year. Okay, well, I took the photo last year. But I bought that dress in like 2020. And I decided last year that like, if I'm not going anywhere, somebody gonna get a picture in this dress. <laughs> so I went and took photos and it made me really happy to, to see them and to have something to do with the, the, the dress. And so I posted, I think around New Year's, January 2nd. I yeah. love Yes, all those clothes that we bought during the pandemic. Like somebody gonna see this outfit. I love the story behind it, the curls, the look. Yes, here for it. All right. So, as you think about, so you've interviewed hundreds of couples, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And in your research and your interactions and thinking of your own relationship. What has been the most surprising thing that you've learned about Black love? I mean, I don't think I understood. Like what I appreciate about our brand and what most people say to us that they love is is seeing themselves. And it's usually in the heavier stuff or the uncomfortable stuff. It's certainly not like, oh, I see myself in that love. You know, like sometimes that, you know, but people really respond to somebody's pet peeve matching theirs or somebody dealing with daddy issues or something like that. And, and so I would say that for me, what I have learned now that feels like I knew this all along, but it really was reinforced with black love is how we come to the table. We come to our relationships with you know, our baggage and our trauma and our expectations and our misunderstanding of relationships. And, and that's what we bring in. And then we're trying to figure out what to let go of and what to keep. And so I I think I knew that because part of the reason I even wanted to do it was to understand myself and relationships better and what works and what doesn't. But the show definitely reinforced that the interviews, you know, doing more than 200 interviews definitely reinforced that seeing when people would make mistakes or seeing when they would have a a hurdle of any kind, whether that's like financially or we were arguing about a lot of things. And then I realized that that's because, you know, my mom didn't do it that way. Seeing all of that and realizing that, that all that we carry around as humans, I think that was really something I learned. And speaking of that example, which I think was really helpful, because I, I definitely resonate with that, watching couple shows and you're like, oh, that person gets it. That's exactly how I am. Mm-hmm. I don't you know, I don't like noise either or whatever it might be. What are what would you say are the top three things you wished all black couples knew about having a healthy relationship? 
I mean, I would say that first and foremost, like understand that you and your partner are both coming to the table with stuff. And I would say, understand that as early as possible so that you think of the right questions to ask or the, or the right tools and resources to take into your relationship, whether that be therapy or reading books or, or consulting someone who's been through whatever you have or your partner has. And so for that, that to me is like the most important thing. And it allows us to give grace too when they're doing something that we don't like, big or small. Because the thing is, we are quick to judge other people's relationships. We are quick to judge potential partners. And so the sooner we can recognize the humanity in us and the and the reality that we just showing up as whatever we were taught or whatever we learned, the sooner we can assess our relationship for what it is. So I would say that's number one. Number two, don't compare yourself, your relationship to other people. It's probably the biggest one. It's hard, even to me, but it's, it's, it's necessary to really look inside of your house and your relationship and, and decide how you feel about it. I think that this might be two sides of the same coin, but, or it's the third thing, but I think that people have gotten married specifically or gotten into relationships for different reasons over the last hundred years, right? There was a time when a woman couldn't get a bank account if she wasn't married, or if, I guess if the man had to have the bank account and then it was like a family account. There was a time we couldn't get a bank account. There was a time we didn't have, we didn't work. So we didn't have the same demands on our minds and our bodies as we do now. And idolizing our grandparents' relationship and our parents' relationship or whoever is not the same at all. Um, that's why Gen Z is like, we don't need marriage. It's fine. So I would say those would be the three things. Don't compare, understand your reasons for being in the relationship that you're in, and especially for being married, because that's a different level of commitment. And then also be aware of who you are and what you bring to the table as far as emotionally and maturity wise and same for your partner. I love that. Lady, as you are listening to this episode, I need you to pause and rewind and take some notes because those are some gems that will carry you through any romantic relationship you have. Yeah. And so, Cody, you mentioned the pandemic earlier and we know we've seen stories of how the pandemic has sparked new relationships, but also like really caused the end to other relationships. What are some of the trends that you've noticed through the pandemic regarding black relationships? Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know that I have any real analysis there as much as, you know, you mentioned like the pandemic causing the end of a relationship, right? I think at the end of the day, similar to anything else, right? So if somebody was unfaithful, I would be asking why, right? I would be asking, is that person just, they don't respect you. And so they don't care about your feelings and they just went and did something that they knew would be hurtful. Or is that person unhappy? And there's, this is a cry for help. And have y'all like, and did they communicate their feelings, needs, thoughts, and concerns before now? You know, like, I'm not saying that I would take the, that person's side, but, but the question at the end of the day, when a relationship is at a breaking point is why, 
And is the reason because we got in a fight yesterday or is the reason because we have like underlying cracks in the foundation? And so when I think about the pandemic and it forced a lot of change, it forced a lot of emotional upheaval, right? It depends on like some people had to deal with more or less of that. Some people lost houses because they didn't have jobs so they couldn't afford, you know, some people lost family members and maybe that had an emotional toll on one person and not the other or both. And people deal with their emotions in different ways. I don't really have like an analysis of how it, how it affected black relationships as a whole, as much as it going back to those same things that I mentioned about like, when you're at a breaking point or when you're in a difficult space, who are you and how do you show up then for yourself or your partner? It makes me think of, and this was during the pandemic, it makes me think of a couple that we had on the final season of Black Love that are Kenrick and Sonequa Martin-Green. Sonequa Martin-Green is the star of Star Trek. And she shared that her parents, her dad died of Ooh, I want to say liver cancer, but I may be forgetting what kind. We died of cancer on a on a Friday, and the next day their mom had a heart attack. And there were several girls, and their mom had a heart attack the next day. And a couple of months later, her husband's brother cousin, his cousin who was raised as a brother, passed away from COVID, I believe. And those things happening in a tight period of time to both of them could easily make you like, F you, I'm dealing with grief over here. You know what I mean? Or like, you don't get me, you don't understand. And for these two people, it it made them, or they allowed themselves to be vulnerable. Say, I don't, I don't know how to support you. I want to, I want to be there. I don't know how. And so I'm doing the best I can in both directions. And I'm just using that as an example, an extreme example. But the reality was over the pandemic, a lot of people dealt with all of that and then some. And so what I see is that, like I said, who are you when things are difficult and how do you show up for yourself, for your partner? And the pandemic certainly pushed people to difficult, scary spaces. And it's natural and in probably in some cases, good in some cases, right? If it, if it was going, if you were going to break up anyway, <laughs> but I think that it's natural for you to find yourself in that space and have to figure out how are we, how do we move forward and in what way? Okay. So there, are there certain questions or experiences that someone can ask before they get serious with someone? Cause I know that when you were saying, mm-hmm. you know, how you show up when things are difficult, I remember someone saying like, make sure you travel with someone internationally before you decide to get serious. Cause you'll see how they respond to certain situations. So do you have any like key questions or situations that you're like, you know what, you should probably do this before you like yeah. lock it down and get serious, you know? You know, I'll be honest, something that I heard during the course of Black Love that I would absolutely recommend and I would do, I mean, we dated for six months, therapy, like relationship counseling before you get engaged. And I know that's dramatic for some people, but we know couples who did it. And when you think about the why, right? When this one person said this, like once you're engaged and you go to counseling, you're very unlikely to call the whole thing off. Everybody already knows, you know, it's like ego, right? And so going as soon as you're like, hey, we're serious about each other might sound unromantic or it might sound like a lot to ask somebody, but there's value in it. 
And so to me, that's like, if you can make that happen, great. And I say make that happen because the other person might be like, are you crazy? I think it's powerful and helpful. And so as far as certain questions, I, and Tommy knows this, so I'm not like throwing him under the bus, but I met Tommy after the night after he premiered his directorial debut, which was semi-autobiographical. I had not seen the movie, but I had read about it. And I knew that his mom was addicted to crack when he was growing up and that I knew things about the movie, but I didn't know what was true and what wasn't. And so as a result of the film, reading about it, I was able to be like, well, I don't remember what my specific questions were then, but my goal was to understand how that affected him, understand what their relationship was then, what their relationship is now, understand, I I learned that his father wasn't in his life. So it wasn't like there was a balance. You know, I learned all of that very quickly. And I wouldn't say that I completely did my due diligence either. Like I 100% thought that I did, but I like asking questions and then observing and I don't know, digging deeper is still very important. And so my goal at that, that time was like, let me figure out how healed he is or isn't, you know, like not that it either was a deal breaker, but I wanted to understand. And, and so then knowing that like someone's description of how they are, isn't necessarily reality. And so there was a process of really learning each other and girls. When, (laughs) when we met, my father passed away 30 days prior So I was in this state of, I was fine. Like my father had prostate cancer, so I knew it was coming. It's not the same as like a surprise, but you know, we're both meeting at this time and at this time, that's just really pivotal in both of our lives. And, and I also like heard what I wanted to hear and, and I'm, you know, And so there's a lot of unpacking of that that we had to do later, but I bring all of that up to say, pay attention to yourself too. Yeah. I don't know if there's specific questions as much as figure out what matters to you, figure out like, what does, do you want someone who goes to therapy or wants to go to therapy or is willing to go to therapy? Do you want someone who talks about their emotional intelligence or, you know, like what matters to you? And then, yeah, I think it's important to go ahead and ask those questions straight up. One thing I did ask, I knew I wanted to get married. I knew that I didn't want to just, we met at a film festival where, you know, hookups happen. So I wasn't sure in the first couple of days at the festival. So we, we were at the festival knowing each other for like two, two days, two, three days, two nights, I think. And every day he was like trying to like make something happen. It didn't happen, but you know, something, <laughs> a sexy something. So <laughs> fast forward to a week later. Yeah, I forgot we can say whatever we want. So I'm over here trying to be vague. And I was like, y'all know what I'm saying. So fast forward to a week later when we met again in LA, when we intentionally went on a date in LA, I was like, I don't know if this dude is just trying to close the deal or or what. So I went into that date like, what are your greatest fears? <laughs> you know, like, what do you want out of life? Do you want to be married? I went into it asking those questions. and. Once I had those answers, then it was just like, okay, well, do we like each other? Now I know he wants what I want. He wants to be married. He wants kids. We're good there. Let me just make sure like we like each other enough to continue this. So 
That is so powerful. You hit the nail on the head. Yes. I love that. I love like asking those questions, right? Those tough questions up Mm -hmm. front. Because then that also allows you that space to see how ready is that person for any type of serious Mm-hmm. conversation exactly and in a serious relationship because if they are evading because it goes back to observation and paying attention right yeah that if they go if they are evading the question or they get turned off by you asking the question mm-hmm. then yeah. they're not ready for you they're not the right person for you right now right and and so i think all of that is so important but The question that I'm curious about is how yours and Tommy's relationship has evolved through the making of Black love, right? Because you all have have something that most of us have not had the opportunity to have, and that's access to over 200 couples, right? And getting insight from over 200 couples And I know there's lots of lessons that have been learned, but how has it personally changed your relationship? Y'all started out engaged. Now you're married with kids. How has your relationship evolved because of the work? Mm -hmm. You know, Tommy has a a saying that just because you know something doesn't mean it's committed to to muscle memory. And the truth is like... We met, got engaged after six months. We got married 11 months after that. We had our first son one year, no, year and a half later. Yeah, a year and a half later. And then we had twins two years after that. And all while we were building Black Love and our production company, Confluential Films, which is a film and TV production company and financier. And so we were doing the most and it put a strain on our relationship and it put, and not just like a strain as much as like sometimes you're just ships passing which can be a strain too, but, but not like there's conflict. And then there's just like, Oh, I haven't seen you today, <laughs> which don't necessarily aren't necessarily the same. And so all of that was happening. And I, you know, when we had the twins, I used to say like, Oh, our relationship is just starting because we are just like getting out of the, 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 the parenting, not parenting, the, hormonal, like pregnancy, postpartum phase. And, and so there's so much that we know and there's so much we can draw upon, but like, like I said, it's not necessarily committed to muscle memory. And so I think that now we're in a place where we can like look back on couple stories. There were moments, right? We would be in an interview and we may see something and be like, oh, that really like speaks to me. Like, can you just do what he did? And Tommy would be like, no, that's not my personality. So it was hard. It was it was challenging at times. But I think now we're in a place where we can look back at that and really pull from it from a more mature place with the kids. Like it was just a lot. It was just a lot. See, Cody, it's the transparency for me. Because someone could have been like, oh, 200 interviews, our relationship, oh, it's just, it's perfect. But that's the I truth, wish. right? Like, we have access to it. It doesn't necessarily yeah. mean it's committed to memory or that we're using yeah. it. Cody, we could literally talk to you all day, but we appreciate you so much. We appreciate the brands that you're building and what you're doing for the culture and the community. This is just such impactful work and we love for our listeners to connect with you. So please let them know where they can find you, where they can support. 
What's your cash app? I mean, just just tell them everything. <laughs> I wish I knew. Stuff. I wish I knew my cash app. I don't know it. So y'all can follow me at Cody Co. That's my Instagram. And then Black Love is, of course, the brand. And please download the Black Love Plus app. It is free for the foreseeable future. On your phone, on your TV, you can watch every season of Black Love in addition to several other of our series, our video series. We also have a podcast network. If we got some mamas here, we have one called the Mama's Den, which I host with three of my friends. And we have the Black Love Summit coming up next month. And we hope that y'all will go to blacklove.com slash summit for more information. And that's it. Please support. Please tell us what you want more of, what you love, what you don't like. We are here to serve and to really create conversation and create conversation that really changes the way our community thinks about relationships and the love we have for ourselves and our partners and friends and family. Thank you so much, Cody. This was awesome. No problem. Thanks for having me. Hey, lady. It's Terry here from the Cultivating Her Space podcast. I'm hosting a free podcasting masterclass where I'm going to teach you how to create your impactful podcast and how you can generate multiple streams of income. You can visit podcastwithterry.com to register for free. I hope to see you there. Thanks for joining us today. Please note that our show may contain conversations about self-help, advice, self-empowerment, and mental health, but is by no means meant to be a substitute for an ongoing formal relationship with a trained mental health provider. If you or someone you know is in need of mental health care, please visit the Therapy for Black Girls directory, Psychology Today, or contact your insurance provider. If you liked what you heard and want to keep the conversation going, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at HerSpacePodcast, or check out our website at HerSpacePodcast.com. And before we meet again, repeat after me. I attract abundance and prosperity with ease.